Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. We've been doing a series on confidence and started last week on gaining confidence. And uh, confidence being that feeling of trust in someone or something, and confidence also being that expectation of something favorable happening. And so it's, a, it's something that obviously you want in confidence, and so we talked about that last week. You can always get our downloads or, or watch uh, on YouTube our different ways of, of viewing. Always make it free. And this morning I, w- I want to talk about some things that are confidence boosters and maybe some things that are confidence busters. But confidence, understanding this, confidence is, is directly connected to your beliefs. What you believe. I think it was Henry Ford that said, whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right. And so the idea is that what we believe, right or wrong, has, has a direct impact on us. A family from the, back in the 1940s, most of America still lived in the rural areas, and a family that had lived up in the hills of North Carolina came to the big city. And as they came to the big city, they were amazed that they'd, they'd never seen anything like it before. The, the skyscrapers, you know, five or six stories was a skyscraper. And the skyscrapers and the amazing things taking place. And uh, the, the ladies decided, the mother and daughter went off to do some shopping. And the father and son just kind of want, they wanted to see the buildings. And they walked in the tallest building in the city, which was a bank. And anybody remember how they used to do banks like years and years ago? The lobbies were beautiful. They were just like marble and very ornate. They wanted people to feel like banks were secure. And so they're just beautiful. And they were just marveling at the, at the decor. But the thing that really amazed them was these doors they, they kept opening and shutting on their own. They'd never seen an elevator before. And so they went and stood, just, just stood there dumbfounded. The doors would open, the doors would shut. And as they were standing there, a, a lady came. She must have been pushing 90. Life had been hard. She was bent over. She, just, she looked like it had been rough, and she got on the elevator. She had a cane. She got on the elevator, and before the door shut, she smiled at the father and the son. They smiled back, and the door shut, and the lights went up, and the lights came back down. The doors opened again, and there was a beautiful 25-year-old woman standing right there. <laughs> she, got, she smiled at them and got off the elevator and walked past them. Father never took his eyes off the elevator. He reached out, and he grabbed the boy. He said, boy, go get your mama. <laughs> What you, what you believe is going to impact you, right or wrong. You believe in, you can have belief in your capacity to do something. Some of you in here, men and women, you have the ability, something breaks in your house, you can fix it. Or you can build something better. Your car breaks, you can fix that. If anything breaks in my house, Joy does not contact me. She, unless she wants to let me know that she's called somebody to come and fix it. I just, I just don't have much capacity. I don't have, and I have zero confidence in that area except one area. I can unplug a toilet. <laughs> it's a gift. It really is. It's, it's, but that's it. So if, if you told me that your car is busted down in the parking lot, don't come look for me. I, I don't have any confidence that I have any ability to fix it. But some people have confidence in their capacity. Relational confidence. You want to have confidence in your relationships. Joy and I will be married 42 years next year in April. And uh, to each... 
I'm always amazed that people clap at that. You know. and, well, and I understand because it's to each other. 42 years, it's, it's to each other. But my parents were married like 64. And so, you know, clap when I hit 50. But anyway, we, uh, we were just, when we first started, we didn't have a lot of, we had a hard marriage, didn't have a lot of confidence in it. And every time we'd have an argument, which was frequent, Joy thought that marriage would be over. And so thank God over the years, she has just gotten so much better and our marriage has improved. <laughs> no, 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 no. The Lord has been merciful to us and the Lord has been good to us. And so now we have just such a confidence in the relationship and we're not perfect. By the way, there is no perfect marriage ever. There's no perfect family. There are strong families. There are strong marriages. No one's perfect. And joy, you say, are you enjoy? Who could fight with joy? <laughs> but we, we don't, oh, it's rare. And we rarely get sideways. Here's what happens. When we get sideways, we don't stay that way. And we, we, we respond. So, you know that verse in the Bible that says, don't let the sun go down on your anger? It's one of the best marriage verses you'll ever have. Anger doesn't sit well. So we, we restore quick. But here's the, here's the good news. Your relationships can get better. And your relationship, you have two people that love the Lord, I promise you, your relationship can get better. So we have confidence in our capacities, we have confidence in our relationships, but what about confidence in God? A confidence in Him. Now see, that's, that's something where, and maybe you're listening to me today and you're going, I don't have much confidence in God. Well, here's the good news. You can grow in that. Your confidence in God can grow and can get bigger. So we have confidence in this. We have to have a belief. It's, it's connected to our beliefs. We have to have a belief in his character and nature. Who is your God good or is he, is he harsh? Is he looking to help or is he looking to hurt? So that has a lot to do with your confidence in him. How about your, your confidence in what he's done in you? So in other words, when you made Jesus your Lord, the Bible said you, you've been born again. That's not an evangelical phrase. That's a, that's a Jesus phrase. Jesus was the one who mentioned that is a spiritual rebirth. And so you have been changed from the inside. We quote it here every Sunday. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. So what, what has God done in you? It's not just heaven when you die, although that's wonderful. It's what has God done in me now? He's changed. He's done a good work in us. If you, if you, the more you believe that, then the more that helps you and your confidence. And then the confidence in the relationship with him. So those two, how good he is, believing, if you believe he's good, if you believe he's done good things in you, if you believe your relationship with him, that he'll hear you when you pray, that he'll hear you when you call out to him, that he wants to help you, not just me, not joy, not just people that you think are, are super spiritual or amazing Christians, you. See, if you believe that, it changes everything. We're coming up on Christmas, and uh, Christmas is... Well, one of my favorite times of the year, but we'll always talk about Mary. And we talk about Mary. Remember, she's just a little teenage girl. An angel appears to her and says, hey, it's Mary. You're going to have a baby. Mary's like, hey, how do I do that? I'm not married. And the angel said, well, the Holy Spirit's going to come on you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. And who's going to be born is the Son of God. And Mary didn't go, well, I don't know. Mary just said, I'm the Lord's servant. Let it be to me according to your word. So what Mary did was she simply believed what the angel said. Later on, her cousin Elizabeth would talk to her, and this is what Elizabeth said. She said, you are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. 
You're blessed because you believed. You're blessed because you had confidence that even though maybe you didn't understand it or understand how everything was going to happen, Mary, you believed. And aren't you glad she did because she's the one who gave us Jesus. So, we've got a belief that impacts our confidence. Last week we were talking about uh, the, the, uh, the birth, supernatural birth, of a, of a man who's very well known outside of, of, of biblical circles as Samson. Everyone pretty much has heard of David. Usually David, Goliath, and Samson are the ones everyone seems to know a lot about. And Samson's parents couldn't have children. Angel appeared to them, told them they were going to have a baby, and the baby would be a Nazarite. A Nazarite meaning that was a, a person who had dedicated themselves to God. He said, from, from the time you conceive this child, he said, you can't drink alcohol, you've got to live really clean according to Jewish law, and he said, this child's going to be a Nazarite, separated to God from his mother's womb. So Samson was born, and, and Samson was born with a purpose. He was going to begin to deliver Israel from their 40-year oppression from the group called the Philistines, bad people, who oppressed Israel for years. And Samson's, his job was when he grew up, he was going to begin to deliver Israel. And there's a phrase that talks about Samson. It said, and the spirit of the Lord would, would come on him mightily. And Samson began to do some amazing things. A lion attacked him. He tore it apart. He was, he, he, 30 men, he killed 30 men at one time. I mean, he became a one-man wrecking ball. And he, I mean, he, he, he caught foxes and tied their tails together and put a torch between them and set them loose in the fields of the Philistines and they burned their wheat and their vineyards and their olive groves. I mean, and then when they attacked him, he killed a bunch of them. This guy's a one-man game. And he's doing all these amazing things. But he knew this. Samson knew and had confidence and a belief in the source of his strength. Let's read what, what happened. Here's what happened. <laughs> the, uh, the Philistines got tired of Samson wrecking havoc, and uh, they sent like an army out against Israel, and they came and they said to Israel, said, and Israel said, why have you come? Judah said, why have you come? They said, we've come for Samson. And Judah said, well, no, no need for us to fight. We'll, we'll get you, Samson. And so they went to Samson and said, look, bro, you're hurting us here. Philistines, they kind of rule over us, kind of, and uh, you keep causing problems, and now they're coming to attack us, and so we've come to arrest you. So here Samson began to talk. They said, we've come down to arrest you that we may deliver you into the hand of the Philistines. Samson said to them, swear to me that you will not kill me yourselves. So they spoke to him saying, no, but we will tie you securely and deliver you into their hand, but we will surely not kill you. And they bound him with two new ropes and brought him from the rock. And when he came to the Lehi, the Philistines came shouting against him, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. Catch that phrase. The Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And his ropes that were on his arms became like flax that is burned with fire, and his bonds broke loose from his hands, and he found a fresh jawbone of a donkey and reached out his hand and took it and killed a thousand men with it. People say, oh, I don't believe that. Let me tell you something. The same God who created planets and universes can, can, can empower somebody to do something like kill a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. And so here he, here he is. But, but Samson had a lot of confidence in his power source. Samson, Samson said, they came to Samson and said, we're going to arrest you. And he's like, okay, as long as you don't kill me. And we're going to deliver you to the Philistines. No problem. 
because Samson knew where his power came from. Now, I'm going to throw something out that might be new to you. Every time Hollywood does anything about Samson, you ever notice they show Samson as this big guy? He's this big hulking guy. He was not big and hulking. In fact, Samson probably was an average-looking guy. He's probably about 5'10". So where'd you get that? I made it up. Uh, <laughs> but he was an average, about an average height guy. You say, well, why do you say that? Because they kept trying to, remember, if you read the, the story, they kept trying to find out what the secret of his strength was. If the average man was about 5'5", five, 5'6", five, five, and you're 6'8", 320 with 10% body fat, no one's trying to figure out why you're so strong. They look at you and go, you're a monster. Okay, we got it. We got it figured out. They could not figure it out. And he knew where his strength was. His strength was not in his size or in his muscles. His strength was the fact that the Spirit of God would come on him. And when the Holy Spirit came on him, it made him do amazing things. He knew where his source of power was. And Samson knew he was special. Samson grew up, and you know his parents started telling him from the beginning, darling, we couldn't have a baby, and an angel of the Lord God came to us and told us that we were going to have you and that you were going to have a special gift and that you were going to be a Nazarite and we could never cut your hair because he's probably coming in going, Mama, Mama, why can't I cut my hair? Darling, you are a Nazarite and God has a special calling on your life and you're going to deliver Israel. And so over and over again, Samson began to hear that he was special. Over and over again, he began to hear that he had a special relationship with God. And so what we find is, as a Nazarite, they couldn't cut their hair. And Samson realized that his strength was not in his hair, it was in his special connection with God. So he was connected, he had a connection with God, he had a calling of God. He knew he was special. He knew that God had a purpose for his life. Man, that's powerful. And so he knew his source, that the Holy Spirit's power, he knew he was special to God, he had this special connection, and his hair only, only this, it, I guess it represented that. It wasn't, that strength wasn't in his hair, the strength was in his connection and what God could do. Samson, though, had a weakness. He was a ladies' man, loved the ladies, never married, but he got involved with a prostitute and, that got him in trouble. And then, and then he found the, the gold digger of them all, Delilah. Delilah was not a good woman. And when Delilah and Samson started dating, the Philistines came to, to Delilah and they said, look, we need you to discover what the secret of his strength is. Again, if he was big, it wouldn't be an issue. He wasn't. And so they said, what is his secret? How can we beat this guy? So Delilah... And by the way, they offered her 1,100 pieces of silver each. I don't know how many Philistine lords there were, but 1,100 pieces of silver was about 28 pounds of silver. She wasn't a gold digger. She was actually a silver digger. But she, um, <laughs> she, she evidently, I mean, this is lottery money. So whether, what feelings she had for Samson, she was going to work. So she started talking to him. Samson, Samson. Tell me what your great strength is, Samson. Why are you so strong? So Samson, he said, he started, he's messing with her. He's like, if they tie me with bowstrings. And they would tie him with bowstrings, and then, and then he would get attacked by the men that were in her house. They did it three times. My brother was not too quick. I mean, you would start to think, hmm, this is a bad woman. 
because he said they'd tie me bowstrings and the Philistines would attack him. And then, and then he would break those bowstrings and whoop up on that group of, of Philistines. And then she's like, Samson, can you tell me what it is? So he said, well, they tied me with new ropes. Well, they tied him with new ropes. Same thing happened. Spirit of God came on him. He broke the ropes, broke up that whole group of Philistines. And then he said, well, if they just weave my hair, uh-oh, now you're starting to get close. He said, if they weave my hair, and they weaved her hair, he still did it. And, and now <laughs> she, she, now she's going to get him. Here it comes. Then she, Delilah, said to him, how can you say I love you? When your heart is not with me. You have mocked me these three times and have not told me where your great strength lies. And it came to pass when she pestered him daily with her words and pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death. Just look straight ahead, guys. Don't, don't, don't look around. <laughs> he told her all his heart and said to her, now catch this, no razors ever come upon my head for I've been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If I'm shaven, then my strength will leave me and I'll become weak and be like any other man. She lulled him to sleep on her knees. She called for a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. And she began to torment him. Strength left him. She said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. He awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as before at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. Now here's the thing about Samson. Samson, he knew he had a power source. Samson knew he was special. He had a special connection with God. He did not place enough value on that. And because he did not value that, he didn't recognize that this was the enemy coming to separate him from God. And when they cut his hair, remember, his strength is not in his hair. His strength was in his connection to God. And when that connection was broken, then he became weak and like any other man. He was not stronger than his enemies. And he didn't recognize that the, what the enemy was going to do. Now, next week, we're going to finish the story of Samson. It actually has a redemptive ending. But they took him, the Philistines took him, and because his strength had left, they punched out his eyes, and his life changed dramatically. Mine's up better. But what happened was he did not value enough. You say, now, what, what are the confidence boosters? Here's some things we can learn from Samson, and here's the first one. We have to believe in our power source. One of my favorite verses is found in 2 Timothy, first chapter, verse 7. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. In 1 John 4, 4, it's John that writes, he said, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. The Bible talks about the fact that if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies by his spirit that lives in you. You see, we can look back at Samson and go, wow, Samson, you're amazing. You're, you're miraculous. You have the Holy Spirit on you. But we can go, hey, we're actually living in a better day and we have the Holy Spirit in us. And he now lives in us. Well, listen, if you've ever thought, well, you know, I've never seen the Holy Spirit. I've never felt the Holy Spirit. Listen, just because you can't see or feel him does not mean he's not there. How many of you realize there's a whole lot more going on than we can see and feel? I just read something. I, even, I never knew this existed. There's a, a, a branch of science called bioacoustics. And with bioacoustics, they actually listen to sounds that we cannot discern with our ear. How many of you know your dogs can hear stuff you can't hear? 
Your dog hears something and you're like, your dog's up barking around. You don't go, crazy dog, there's nothing there. No, your dog hears something you don't hear. There are things going on. They have found that there's amazing sounds. They said that a meadowlark, just a little meadowlark bird has 300 notes. They said that a whale, some whales have songs that travel thousands of miles underwater. They found that, now this is the one that blew me away, earthworms make noise. You have to have certain instruments to listen, but earthworms make a staccato noise. But they're constantly finding out. You've ever noticed science is constantly finding stuff? They're finding stuff that already existed. Last year, they just found a star that they think is the oldest star in the universe. It's 50 times the size of our sun. It's a million times brighter. It's been there. We just couldn't see it. Just because you can't see it does not mean it doesn't exist. There is a spiritual realm, and there are things going on in that spiritual realm, and the Holy Spirit is very much real and lives in us and can empower us. So what we need to begin to do is begin to acknowledge, thank you, Lord, I have the Holy Spirit living in me. He is helping me and empowering me. He's, he is the most underrated part of the Godhead. And we probably don't talk about him near enough, but his power is very real. God hasn't given you and me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound, not flaky, a sound mind. Second thing, you got to believe in what God's done in you. Samson knew he was special. Here's another booster of our confidence. We know what our power source is. We also need to know that we're special. We are. So I'm, mm, Alan, I'm not too special. No, listen, if you've made Jesus your Lord, then you are special. Look at this in, in 1 Peter. Peter's writing to the church. He says, you, that would be us, are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, not just a regular priesthood, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That means we're not the same people that we used to be. When you made Jesus your Lord, you became a new creation. You didn't, you weren't a retread. You are a new creation and you are his creation and you are his special people. Before you go to bed tonight, you ought to look in the mirror and go, you are special. They say, well, that sounds strange. That sounds weird. Not according to the scriptures, it doesn't. And what happens is if we will believe what God says about us, we look a whole lot better because of our relationship in Christ than we do outside of that. But in Christ, New creation, in Christ, blessed, in Christ, holy nation, in Christ, royal priesthood, in Christ, we look good. And realizing that is a confidence booster. How many of you know when, man, you're looking good, you got your right clothes on, you've been fasting and dieting for days because you got a, you got a high school reunion coming up, but you're, but you're like, you're looking good. You're like, yeah, I'm looking good. Your confidence is higher. In fact, they actually used to tell us, before you take a test, dress up. They would tell you, before you take a test, any test, dress up, because when you look good, you feel good, and your confidence goes up. When you realize how good you look spiritually, it'll boost your confidence. Here's the last one, and this one is real key. We have to value our relationship and connection to the Lord. Value our relationship and connection to the Lord. See, the thing about it is Samson didn't value that. But we live in a world where there are spiritual forces, guys, and they are arrayed against us. Some people don't believe that there is a Satan. 
There is a Satan and he's real and there are demonic forces and they're real and they will press you and they will pester you and they will press you. And what they're trying to do is they can't, they can't keep you from going. If you're a believer, they can't keep you from going to heaven. But what they can do is they can break that fellowship, that connection that you have with the Lord. And so the constant pressure is on you to step away from your commitment, to step away from your, what you know is right. When you see, because when we, are, when we are doing good, when our hearts are clear with the Lord, there's confidence there. Look at the scripture. John was writing and he said, if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence with God. How many of you know when you sin, when you miss it, you don't have to ask anybody, you know it. On the inside, you're like, oh, Lord, I missed it. And you don't feel like praying. You don't feel like going to God. You feel like going and hiding. But thank God there is forgiveness. But here's the deal. But when we haven't sinned and we're, we're doing what we know to do, then there's a confidence with God. We're doing good. Anybody remember? Now, I, I, I went to school in the 60s and the 70s, and they used to have intercoms in the and anybody remember they had intercoms? I don't know, do they still have intercoms? And you'd be sitting there in class and you would hear this. Mrs. Miller? Yes? Would you send Alan Clayton to the office, please? Okay. And everyone would go, <laughs> Well, if you had done something wrong, then you're going to the office like this. Because I'm, I'm, I'm going to sound like an old guy now. When I went to school, all the assistant principals had forearms about like this big and they had paddles. Google it. It's a truth. I mean, I'm talking, I realize it, it, and they would hit you with it. You messed up. And my school would call it getting licks. Not this lick, this lick. And you would get licks. And uh, listen, I feared two things. I feared getting licks and I feared even more going home and telling my parents that I got licks. So my parents did not know a lot of things that took place in my high school career. But, but so you're called to the office. You know you've done wrong. You don't want to go. You're dreading it. But if you haven't done anything wrong, if you've been good, they call Alan Clayton, send Alan Clayton to the office. I'm thinking something good. Maybe they got something good for me. Why? Because I have a confidence there because I'm clear with the principle. When you have a clear, when you're clear with God, then you're not afraid. You're not hiding. You're not thinking he's against you. You're like, Father, I'm thank you. I have confidence with you. And that makes all the difference. Say, well, how do I have confidence? We have to treat people right. Walking in love is key. The second thing is walk in the light of what you know. Is when you violate light, when you violate, that's when we mess up. That's when we sin. And what it does is, it doesn't mean you're going to hell. It doesn't mean God hates you. But it breaks that connection, that fellowship that we can have with God, that closeness we can have with Him. And so when that is broken, then this confidence is low. But when this is strong, our confidence here is strong. And we realize that we're stronger than our enemies. A number of years ago, when I went to Lakewood Church, I, was, I sat under John Osteen. He was Joel's father. He's, he was my pastor for years. He told the story of a man who was going through a very difficult time. Just The enemy would, had just attacked him. It seemed like on every front. And he was having just such a hard time with that and struggling. He went to sleep one night and he had a dream. He said a very vivid dream. And in this dream, he said he was walking through an area that was 
barren. It just looked like a wasteland. It was, it was just an ugly land. He said, and as, as he was walking along, he saw someone walking towards him. And, as, and in the dream, as, the, as this individual got closer and closer, he realized it was Satan himself. He began to tremble. He began to become afraid. He said, and he was starting to back up. He said, and all of a sudden, Jesus was standing in front of him. And Jesus smiled at him, but then he looked, turned around, and, and looked at Satan. And then in the dream, he said, Jesus backed up and backed up into where he came into his body. Now remember, this is a dream. But he came into his body, his hands, his, and he came into him. But remember, we're connected to him. Remember, we're in Christ. So this dream wasn't wrong. Jesus backed up into him. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. He said, and in the dream, he looked up and pointed his finger at Satan and went, you bow your knee in Jesus' name. And Satan did. And the enemy had stopped his attacks. A confidence. A confidence of knowing that we're in the Lord. That we have a relationship with him. That's where our strength comes from. That's where the confidence comes from. You say, well, that could, that could never happen to me. Oh, yeah, it could. If you belong to him, you belong to him just as much as that man did. That's where we get strong, guys. And this is good. This is strong. Would you bow your heads for a moment? Father, thank you as we've talked about things that boost our confidence and things that bust it. Thank you that there's forgiveness with you. Anyone listening to my voice right now and you're thinking, well, I'm, I'm hopeless, it's too late, I've, I've done too much. There's a wonderful verse, a wonderful promise in the Bible that said, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Whatever you've done, it's not bigger than the blood of Jesus and he can cleanse you from it. All you have to do is ask. If you're here this morning, though, and you say, you know what, Alan, I don't even know if I've ever made Jesus my Lord or not. I don't know if I've ever asked him to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Or maybe you did, you're just not sure. Or you're like I was. I'd made Jesus my Lord and I walked away from him. And you realize, man, I, I want to be connected to him. In my connection is where my strength is. Enter bow and eyes are closed. No one's looking around. We're going to say a prayer. But I, I'm going to ask you to do one thing. If that's you that I'm talking to, and you say, Alan, I want to be sure that I know, or I want to, I want to come back. I, I want that connection. I want to reconnect with him again. Would you pray for me? Shoot your hand up just real quick. Cross the auditorium. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hand down. We're going to pray. Maybe you didn't lift your hand. You wanted to. You can still pray this prayer with us. We're not going to have you stand up or come down to the front, but this is a prayer you can pray from your heart. We're going to pray with you as a church family. Say, Dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I said yes to you.
Thank you for joining us. We hope this message has blessed you. Don't forget to check us out on all the social platforms. We're uploading encouraging content on a regular basis. For more information, go to thearcchurch.com. Have a great week.